And hello church, it's great to be together with you all, whether you are here together on a Sunday morning or later in the day or indeed during the week. We know that many of you catch up um, at other times and not just in the UK, but we have many who are watching outside. So a special welcome to you all. And uh, I share with uh, Richard a special welcome if you're visiting with us. It's great to have you here. By the way, wasn't that just amazing worship with uh, Lissy and Max? I didn't know, Max, that you played the guitar. Good job, buddy. Uh, it was great, you guys, in worship. Thank you. And just want to say, you know, thank you, Sam Lane, our worship pastor, and, and the amazing worship team, which I'm sure you'll agree have just done an amazing job in this time, um, bringing us that worship as we worship together. You know, it's not easy speaking in front of this camera and worshiping in front of a camera. We want to be together, but I just want to say thank you for, for them. Uh, just a, an amazing job. Well, together, where, what are we doing this morning? Well, uh, we are continuing in our series, Ready, Steady, Acts, looking at the book of Acts. And I hope that you have been as blessed as I have as we have walked through uh, the scriptures together. And uh, you can, of course, catch up with any of the talks that you missed on our website, the Vineyard Church uk. And last week, we got to Acts chapter 10 and 11. And Heather, didn't she do a wonderful job just unpacking the story of Peter and Cornelius for us? And uh, looking at the question of how we can be a radical church as we look at inclusivity uh, and as we look at unity. And, you know, we have been having a conversation Monday. Uh, we had a Facebook live event uh, where Heather and I hosted an amazing panel. Andrea, uh, one of our very own trustees, uh, Paul and Dawid, um, who have been involved in this space for many years. And I think we've almost hit a thousand views of that during the week. And uh, it, many of you joined asking many questions as we discussed race. And you can watch that still now. Uh, it's on our Facebook page. And as uh, Courtney mentioned in the notices, we are starting, in fact, tomorrow, uh, a short-term connect group uh, with uh, Ben and Courtney Ralph and Sonia Blackett looking at this subject and looking at a wonderful book called Be the Bridge. So I won't go into that any more detail. Courtney gave you all that information, but do sign up on that. So where are we at this morning as we've gone through Acts? Where we get to chapter 12, of course. And uh, you might want to get your Bibles. I'm going to read a, a segment of the scripture here, and then I'm going to unpack it for us this morning and see what God has. You know what? I'm going to start with a prayer. Lord, I want to thank you that you have been speaking to us as a church family, as we have been walking through the book of Acts, seeing, Lord, how the early church walked in the power of the Holy Spirit, walk towards you and walk to others. And I pray, Lord, this morning that you would help us to focus in on that which you have for us, that you would prepare our hearts to receive your word, and that your word would bear fruit for your glory and the extension of your kingdom, I pray in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Okay, well, let's look at chapter 12. It's entitled here, Peter's Miraculous Escape from Prison. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, let me read. It was about this time that King Herod arrested some who belonged to the church, intended, intended to persecute them. 
He had James, the brother of John, put to death with the sword. When he saw this met with approval among the Jews, he proceeded to seize Peter also. This happened during the festival of unleavened bread. After arresting him, he put him in prison, handing him over to be guarded by four squads of four soldiers each. Herod intended to bring him out for public trial after the Passover. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. The night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and sentries stood guard at the entrance. That's, uh, that is uh, a lot. Suddenly, don't you just love it when the Bible says suddenly? Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared, and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Quick, get up, he said, and the chains fell off Peter's wrists. Wow. Then the angel said to him, put on your clothes and sandals, and Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me, the angel told him. Peter followed him out of the prison, but he had no idea what the angel was doing was what the angel was doing was really happening. You can imagine, can't you? He thought he was seeing a vision. They passed the first and second guards and came to the iron gate leading to the city. It opened for them by itself and they went through it. When they had walked the length of the street, suddenly the angel left him. Wow! I think we'll stop there. And he goes on to say he went and knocked on the door who, with the, the church that were praying. They're like, surely it can't be Peter, he's in prison. But what a great story. Now, there's so much in this that we could look at. I mean, we could look at the fact that Peter was in prison and as in, in some respects, for some of us, we've been in a bit of a metaphorical prison with lockdown. And I could look at that and unpack that together and see how Jesus can set us free. And that would be good. And that would certainly be something to speak on. But I really felt led this morning to speak on the subject of prayer. And we read this in verse 5, which is where I want to... Uh, pitch our tents, so to speak, and unpack it together. So Peter was kept in prison. Now listen to this. But the church was earnestly praying to God for him. But the church was earnestly praying to God for him. You know, prayer is one of the major themes in the book of Acts. You know, if, if, if the Holy Spirit is the rocket fuel by which the church propelled itself, or not itself, but the Holy Spirit propelled the church, then, uh, and I, I appreciate this is a rather crude analogy, then prayer is like the nozzle, you know, that you put in your, in your car. You know, prayer is our communication, it's our communion with God. And here's the thing, if you took out prayer from the book of Acts, there would be no book of Acts. Well, let me put it another way. If you took prayer out of the church, there would be no church. Now, if we were to do a quick survey of the book of Acts, you would see that every major event is preceded by prayer. Exactly. What about Pentecost? That most amazing moment where they're celebrating Pentecost and they're seeking God. And all of a sudden, the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon them like, like fire. And what happens there? They're baptized in the Holy Spirit and they speak in different tongues. And on that day, the church was added to their number 3,000. Now, what happened before that? Prayer. That's it. You know, we read in, I think it's chapter 4, we see there's a huge earthquake. And the power of the Holy Spirit then comes upon the believers again. Now, what preceded that? Prayer. I think if you read further on, you get to the story of Dorcas or Tabitha. And she's dead. 
And what happens? Peter comes and she's resurrected, comes back to life. Now what preceded that? Prayer. Peter here. Prayer, etc., etc. You get the picture, right? If you go through Acts, you will see that prayer underpins all that, all that happens. And you know, prayer underpins the whole church. Prayer underpins this church. Did you know that? You know, this church was founded over 30 years ago by our wonderful founding pastors, Chris and Phyllis Lane. And it was founded on prayer. You know, as Richard has already said, you know, every month we pray, our watchman ministry. That started way back then. When a group of people get together, and it's not about the length of prayer, it's about the faithfulness and about the commitment of praying every day. And praying as one, and praying that we would be more like Jesus, and that we would lo love each other, that's prayer of unity that is, and that we would have the resources that we need to fulfill the Great Commission and to make Christ known. You take prayer away from this church and we wouldn't be able to do that which God's called us to do. Now, where am I this morning as I am filming this? Well, I am actually in room 105. Now, where is room 105 in the building? Well, if you're coming through the main doors, excuse me, let me just pick up some notes. If you're coming through the main door, on the left-hand side of the auditorium is a room. Now, what happens in this room every Sunday morning, well, before lockdown, is that the team get together and pray. They pray. You know, I have some wonderful memories of, of this room because when Steph and I started this church way back, 2000, January 2013, the first team I served on was the Alpha Prayer Team. I loved it. While Alpha was going on myself, and I, I think it was Steve Mullins at the time and others, we used to get together and, and while it felt like 10 minutes, we prayed for an hour or more. We just sought God. Just an amazing time. You know, we've just had our last breakthrough on Tuesday night, which is our weekly prayer meeting. And so many of you faithfully dial into that via Zoom and we're having a pause for, um, for summer. But when we get back, it's going to be called blended breakthrough. What does that mean? Well, we're going to have breakthrough in this building and also online. So blended on-site and online. And uh, there'll be more information on our website on the What's On page. And you'll be able to sign up, get a ticket for either here or get the Zoom link. But you see, prayer is a part of everything that we do here. You take prayer away and it all stops. You know, and that's really what we see in the book of Acts. So what is prayer? Well, the truth is there's many different types of prayer, isn't there? Prayer of supplication. What's supplication? Well, just a, a ye oldy word for requests to God, things that we need. Prayer of confession, confessing our sins to God. Prayer of thankfulness, thanking God for all that we have. Prayers of devotion, just speaking to the Lord. You know, as the deer pants for the water brook, so pants my soul for you. And what comes out is those prayers of devotion, prayers of intercession. And that's what we see here. They're praying for Peter. That's what intercession is. Standing in the gap for someone else. Praying for someone else. There are so many different prayers. But what is the hallmark of every single prayer? What ultimately is prayer? Well, really what prayer is, it's an attitude or a posture or a recognition of our utter dependence on God. Think about it. You see, prayer is 
us coming into alignment with the fact that he is our creator God that loves us and we are his creation that's what prayer is you see when we come to him with prayers of supplication we do so recognizing that he is a loving father that wants to give his children good gifts that can provide for all of our needs when we come to him with prayers of confession, we do so recognizing that Jesus died on the cross for us, that he paid the price for us, his creation, his children. When we come with prayers of thanksgiving, we do so because we recognize that all good gifts comes from him above. When we come with prayers of intercession, we recognize that we ourselves are helpless and yet God comes in and moves powerfully. And you see, what can stop us from praying is so many things, kind of, well, busyness, of course, you know, but one of the things is pride. Well, I, I, I don't need God. I can do this on my own or I provide for myself or that's not that, you know, God will, or, or false humility, which is a, a form of pride in a, in a different guise, which says, you know, well, God's not interested in me and you know what, he's not, or he won't forgive me for this or that, you know, all of those things. The enemy's way of trying to get us out of alignment, out of communion, out of fellowship with God. And so prayer is relationship with him. It's, it's bringing us to a place of fellowship and communion with him. And prayer is so important. It is part of, it's like the, the, the thread that goes through our walk with him. And what do we see in this one verse on verse 5? So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. Well, I want to look at three things very briefly. This is not going to be a long talk. You'll be pleased to hear. <laughs> three things that I think we can learn from this. The first one, it says the church prayed together. What does that mean? Unity. You know, we've talked a lot about this of late, but unity is so important. Unity of purpose, unity of mind, unity of spirit. You know, a lot. Of time Peter has sorry Paul puts into his epistles to the church is around you know unity you know, there's a great psalm psalm 133 verse 2 and the psalmist says this about unity it is like precious oil poured on the head running down on the beard running down on Aaron's beard now who was Aaron he was a priest down on the collar of his robe now, what does oil signify? It signifies the Holy Spirit. You see, there is an anointing of the Holy Spirit when we as his church come in unity, as we come together. You know, when two or more are gathered in my name, he is with us. There is something about unity. And, you know, that's one of the things I think we're all missing, aren't we? About not being together is praying together and worshipping together. But as a church, we can still have unity as we pray together. You know, that's the thing about the Watchman ministry. You don't have to all get into the same room, but knowing that we have many people praying for us as a church is such a powerful thing. And, you know, maybe for yourself, you pray, you do pray on your own a lot, but maybe this is a new season for you to say, maybe I need to start praying with other people. And you don't necessarily need to have them in the room, but maybe you say, I want to start up a prayer triplet. We have many people that have prayer triplets. You know, maybe there's someone in your life that you can call up and say, you know what, maybe we should just pray together once a week or whatever it might be. 
Maybe you've got someone next to you right now. Turn to whoever's next to you if you've got someone next to you, left or right. Maybe say, you know what, maybe we should be praying together. You know, Steph and I try and pray together. I wish we prayed together more, but I know that when we pray together, it's so powerful. And maybe for this morning, the challenge for you is to say, I need to put time aside to pray with someone, whether that's on the phone, whether that's Zoom, or whether that's with someone in the room with me, and that might be someone next to you now. Say, I'm going to pray together because there is such power in that. You know, as a staff team, every morning we meet together and we pray for ourselves as a team and we also pray for all of you. And even when lockdown came, we didn't stop. We do it over Zoom. Every weekday morning we get together and we pray. And we pray. And it's just such a powerful thing to do as we pray together. The second thing, it says the church was earnestly praying. Now, what does earnestly mean? Well, it means with all sincerity, intent, um, you know, other uh, translations have without ceasing, continually praying. You know, the, uh, the Apostle Paul talks a lot about praying continually. In fact, in um, 1 Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians, and that he is writing to the church in Thessalonica. He wrote this in chapter 5, verses 6 to 18. And by the way, these are three things that would be good for us all to remember. The first one he said was rejoice always. We should always be rejoicing and thanking God. You know, a spirit of praise for, uh, sorry, a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. Let's rejoice always. The second thing is pray without ceasing. There it is. Pray without ceasing. And number three, give thanks in all circumstances. You know, irrespective of what we're going through, we should be giving thanks to God. And at the start of this year, we started the year, didn't we? Looking at the power of thankfulness. And he says, then he goes on to end this by saying, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. This is God's will for you. Now, let me just say at this point, you know, God's rules and God's instructions to us aren't because he's some... God of tyranny, a God that wants to limit your fun, a, a God that wants to restrict you. The opposite is true. You know, God knows that we need these things. God's commandments to us on how we live are, are there so we can live a full life and live our best life. You know, if, if I said to you, if I gave you a car and said, okay, listen, just three things I want to tell you. First one is just check the petrol gauge. The second thing is check the oil. And the third thing is check the air in your tires. You know, you wouldn't say to me, Oh, what, really? Come on, I just want to drive for goodness sake. I'll figure it out myself. No. <laughs> you know that those are good things for you to be able to enjoy the car and that if you didn't do that, things wouldn't go well. Well, that's the same with God. You see, we need to be praying without ceasing. Why? You know, God doesn't need our prayers, but boy, we need to pray. It is an amazing thing. I mean, prayer is a mystery, really. This relationship with a, a God that when we pray, things move. Why? Because he chooses to partner with us. He wants to have relationship with us. He wants us to be in a place of humility and say, Lord, I need to reach out to you because with that comes blessing. With that comes grace. And he loves spending time with us. And so let us pray continually. You know, how can you weave prayer in, in your everyday? You know, I try and have these good habits as it relates to prayer. So let me just give you some of my things and see whether this will help you. You know, when I wake up in the morning, the first thing I do when I open my eyes is I start praying. I start thanking God for a new day. Thank you, Lord, that you're with me. Thank you for 
the day ahead. Thank you that your, your loving kindness is anew this morning. I, I intentionally pray. Why? Because it's good for me. Because if I don't wake up and start praying, my mind can drift and go, oh, here's another day. I've got this to worry about. And this, but no, prayer is good, so I pray. And now, when I get in the bathroom, I start getting ready for the day, I, I normally have prayers of thankfulness. Thank you, Lord, for my family. Thank you for my friends. Thank you for all the things that you have for me. And when I'm driving in my car, you know, I normally put classic FM on and I pray in tongues. I find that classical music is the perfect background to play in tongues. Maybe try it. And I pray for, for my family, my kids as well. So and when I open the fridge, prayers of thankfulness. Thank you, Lord. For, you know, they don't need to be long. But where are those way, Where are those points in your day that you can create some good habits of prayer? Some markers to say, I'm going to pray like this or I'm going to pray like this or like that. And you know, the last thing I do when I'm lying in bed, like, you know, I read in bed sometimes and I close my eyes is I pray. I pray. So can you pray without ceasing? Are there ways in which you can weave it into every day? And then it says this, praying to God for him. And that's intercessory prayer, isn't it? Standing in the gap, praying for someone else. Let me ask you a question. Who has the Lord placed in your life and in your heart that needs your prayers? You know, I mentioned to you that we pray every morning as a staff team. And what we'll often do is we'll say, right, Holy Spirit, would you come now and just bring to remembrance people in our church family that you want us to pray for? And we will all pray for, for you in that way. And I think that's a great way to pray and say, Lord, would you just, Holy Spirit, would you just lay on my heart someone that you need me to pray for? And then pray for that person. By the way, we're going to do that in a minute. We're going to pray for someone that the Lord has laid on your heart. You know, um, during this week in our staff meeting, um, Julie, who is uh, our biz admin uh, lady, she does an amazing job working in our business operations team. Um, she makes, she does everything behind the scenes and with the rest of the team and, and keeps this place running where she shared such an amazing testimony of how she prayed for someone. And uh, so I've asked uh, Julie to record that for us. So let's listen to that. Thank you, Mark. Mark is talking about prayer today and he's asked me to share a time when I took a leap of faith. I had a text recently from a friend of mine she was worried about her parents and wanted a special prayer. She shared with me about her father and his suffering with ongoing cancer treatment, complications that were leading to severe pain and sleepless nights. She was also worried about her mother, the impact it was having on her and the hopelessness that she felt. The faith of my friend and her mother was under severe strain. It was stretched to its limit. They just wanted God to reach out to this man that they love and bring him salvation and healing. Now, normally when I receive a text like this, I respond quite quickly. I offer words of comfort and acknowledge the awfulness of the situation. But of course, I reassure that I will remember the family in my prayers. But I didn't do that this time. I felt prompted to sit with this. I was reminded of the work of the prayer team 
They've adapted amazingly in this time where we can't meet physically. They've been afforded the opportunity to contemplate the prayer requests that they receive and then respond with a written response. It's an act of compassion. It's standing with someone in their suffering and sharing in the burdens of other people. It's quite powerful and I'd really, really urge anyone who is in need of prayer to reach out and hit that prayer button, that prayer request button. A written prayer response, something tangible that you can keep. I could give that a go, so I did. I wrote a prayer to Father God as my response to my friend's text. She was comforted by the prayer and thanked me for it. And it was good to give her something that she could hold on to. It was a small thing to do, but God takes the small things that we offer and he multiplies them. A week later, I received another text. My friend had passed on the prayer to her mother and she was also comforted by it, but she took it further. She's been using it on a daily basis and it's lifted her, it's providing her with sustenance. And I was reminded of the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray, the Lord's Prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. And it just strikes me that God took that small offering of those words on, on the text and he's turned it into the daily bread for this lady and her family. Thank you, God. Wasn't that just amazing? Isn't that wonderful? Who has God placed in your life that you can pray for? And isn't it true that we often will just be, oh yeah, we'll pray for you and, and we say, oh Lord, just want to bless so and so. And that's where we move on. But how can we pray earnestly for that person? How can we be intentional in praying? So that's all I've got this morning. As I said, it was not a long talk, but I hope that you have had, as with me, you feel that challenge of praying together, praying with other people. Praying continually, praying earnestly, weaving it into our everyday, just as worship should be part. I mean, by the way, prayer and worship are like this. They're intertwined, are they not? And who can we pray for? So what we're going to do now is we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to come and just uh, get rid of any distractions. And I'm going to pray the Holy Spirit will just bring to mind for you someone in your life that you need to be praying for. And then we're going to just pause for a few minutes and pray. And then I'll come out after that and just end with another prayer. Okay, so here we go. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, I pray you would just come now and just prod anybody who's watching this, all of us now, of who you would like us to pray for. And by the way, maybe if you're with someone else, why don't you do this together? Pray together for that person. Would you come now, Lord, and just bring to remembrance someone that you want us to pray for? Come, Lord Jesus. Oh, Amen. Okay, have you got someone? Why don't we just, I'm going to fade out. We'll have some background music and let's just pray for a few minutes. Thank you, Lord. 
Amen. Amen. Wow. How was that? You know what? Maybe, maybe you could reach out to that person now and say, you know what? I prayed for you this morning and encourage them with that. And maybe as Julie did, send them an email and type out a prayer. We've had so many testimonies of healings that have occurred through people sending prayers via email. And indeed this morning, if you need prayer, our prayer team are ready to pray for you. Every week we have so many of you reach out for prayer and our prayer team receive their requests and they pray for you and they send you a prayer back. And so if you need prayer this morning, let someone else pray for you. Let someone else intercede for you this morning. And I pray that this week would be a week of prayer and a week of breakthrough for you as you seek him. Amen. Bless you guys.